0: Welcome to the Institute's Leading Edge, a show dedicated to helping the automotive aftermarket service industry. Covering topics suggested by you, the listener, we dive into what's important, getting you what you need to succeed. Here's what's coming up.
1: I always like to look at it from Google's point of view. So if you look at what Google's trying to do, Google's trying to provide the best answer to searchers and when they're looking to send people to a website to answer a question, if they have two websites to send that person to, which one do you think they're going to put higher on the list and try and push more people to? One that has one article on how to repair a Land Rover or one that has a thousand articles on how to repair a Land Rover? Which one do you think is Google is going to say is the expert on how to prepare or how to repair a Land Rover. It's going to be the one that has more content. Assuming that content is high quality and good, it's going to be the one that has more content.
0: We need your help. By submitting questions or topics to institute at ifrave.com, we can continue to cover things that are relevant to you. But for now, we've collected a panel of experts to get you serious results. So what are we waiting for? Let's get into it.
2: Um, welcome to The Leading Edge, uh, episode 54. We've been doing this for more than two years now, Lex. That's amazing mm, to
3: me. That's crazy. Um, uh,
2: we're going to be talking about marketing strategy on this Leading Edge. And uh, we have with us uh, Chris Keller from ProfitWorks. Chris, um, I don't know that I've met you in person. And so I don't know that much about what you do. So would you give us maybe a couple of minutes on that?
1: Oh, for sure. Uh So yeah, my name is Chris and uh, our team here, we run the sales and marketing podcast, and we also run a digital marketing agency called ProfitWorks. Uh, We're a digital marketing agency that specializes in search engine optimization. And uh, in terms of what we have to offer in terms of how we can help the automotive industry, for anyone looking to learn about marketing and specifically digital marketing, uh, our podcast gives out a lot of great information. Um, and, uh, and then if you're looking for help executing uh, your marketing strategy, that's where our company ProfWorks comes
2: in. Okay, cool. Good, good, good. And strategy for me, uh, we'll get to you in a minute, Lex. Um, for me, the, the marketing has changed so much over the 40 years I've been in the industry. I mean, you know, 40 years ago, we, we didn't market our product; was our marketing. Just right. you did a good job. There were lots yeah. of broken cars. They showed up at your shop, and you didn't have to worry about you know advertising. I think in the mid '80s, I started um, looking at advertising outside of the Yellow Pages, outside of our business. Uh, by the early '90s, um, the Yellow Pages was. Starting to go away, and uh, I don't know that the internet was quite what even close to what it is today at that point in time. But certainly by the by the year two thousand and three, two thousand and four, the old pages was dead, uh, and websites and the internet uh, took over. And then we've seen uh, websites morph and change. Where they, uh, some people are saying they're not important anymore because of the way that Google's doing things. Um. So uh, you know, to me, the the marketing, the marketing strategy can really mean the difference between a business that is consistently uh, busy, uh, able to bring in the right types of customers, and a business that's not. Um, With us today, we also have Lex uh, uh, Tingi from the Institute. Uh,
3: Right, good job.
2: (laughs) I did right. (laughs) You know, I only mess it up like every third time. I want to add an extra L in there or something. I always, yeah. um, uh, Lex does all, all of our marketing. I think you've been with us now close to two years or just. Uh, it's
3: only about a year and two months. So okay. still only. <laughs> so we started, the leading,
2: we started the leading edge before you were with us. That's the, <laughs> that's, that's strange. But in the last <laughs> year, our, our internet um, presence has increased a thousand fold um, at least, Uh, it's just amazing at, at what can be done. So, um, let's talk, uh, let's start with, uh, let's start with strategy. What, when we talk about marketing strategy, what are we talking about? Are we, you know, what is that? Let's, um, let's start with, um, uh, let's start with Chris, Chris, what is marketing strategy?
1: Yeah. So I think to get a sense of what marketing strategy is first, you have to just understand what strategy is. And so a lot of people think that strategy is tactics Um, and really strategy is putting together a plan to accomplish a goal, utilizing the resources that you have and using specific tactics. So it's an overarching plan to accomplish a certain goal um, with the resources and the tactics that you deploy. And then when you apply that to marketing, so it's setting a marketing goal and then putting together a plan of how you're going to reach that goal, utilizing the resources that you have and utilizing certain
2: tactics. Okay, so, so the strategy part is, is more about planning. And in the planning phase of that, you're also talking about tactics. Um, Alex, I, I would I would say that in the strategy portion of my marketing, one of the things that's important for businesses. I'm certain about automotive. I'm not necessarily certain about other things because I do automotive, but certainly for an automotive business in my strategy, I need to determine my product and the kind of customer that I want to bring into my business. Um, How does that apply, uh, say, to uh, the Institute, Lex?
3: Yeah. So I definitely, with any marketing strategy, I think that's a good, when you talk about strategy and the tactics of that is knowing who you want to market to um and the channels you're going to use and what has done well for you so for us in the institute it's been using some as we've we've always had this presence um we had the building blocks but then when i came up came over we actually started using some of our online social media um google analytics and things like that and one of the first things really we started to do is saying who are we marketing to well who is not responding Um, and breaking it down from there. So I think that is part of the strategy and just making sure you understand who you want to be, what your product is, and what channels you have that are already working and what channels you could be using to still offer to them.
0: What if we told you that you could get quality training and education conveniently and without emptying your pockets? Our GEAR platform presents great education and resources for automotive shops, courses led by experts inside and outside our industry, a community of like-minded people to engage with, and a resource library at your fingertips. With a monthly membership, you can gain access to every course we have in the library, as well as the multiple courses we add each and every month. With the ability to watch wherever and whenever you'd like, GEAR provides the training you've been looking for at only $129 a month. For help with improving your business, head to ifrave.com and click on the courses we teach to sign up for a better business and a better life today.
2: I I really think that for shops, um, one of the most important things is to determine the kind of clients that you want to work with. Um, uh, Chris, have you done um, like um, client analysis, uh, income analysis, Uh, car type analysis, anything like that in your planning with shops? Uh, We have a
1: little bit, yeah. Um, And I think when you're talking about um, like a lot of what we usually do is look at different revenue streams and see um, which drives the bulk of the revenue and then also what drives the bulk of the profit. So, um, you know, is it break jobs? Is it, um, you know, just regular uh, preventative maintenance, you know, what is the bulk of the revenue and then also what's the bulk of the profit and looking at, um, yeah, where the the revenue and profit and really the the most important is always the profit because you don't want to be just doing a bunch of work and not making a lot of money. Um, And then like you're talking about strategy, part of it comes into always when you're putting together a strategy, looking at what your strengths and weaknesses are. So as an auto shop You know, what are your strengths in terms of what types of services you're really good at that you can compete on uh, and which maybe aren't and taking that into account in terms of how you're building your strategy?
2: In in our shop, um, we tracked average repair order per car type and we tracked um, marketing ROI per car type. And our best Cars were jeeps that had over fourteen hundred dollar average tickets, and that also led to our best profits. And I would say, as a consultant, that that having a higher average repair order probably means a better profit on that uh, particular type of vehicle. I, I don't know that that's necessarily true. So let me ask you a, a question, Chris and Lex. You be be you can pipe in if if you feel like you have something to input. Um, There's two there's two kind of concepts in in looking at dollars and one is what's bringing in the bulk of your dollars and then the other is what's bringing in the bulk of your profit and those could be two different things.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Okay, so I think
1: what you want to look at is if it's bringing in a bulk of uh, dollars and you know that's key to sustaining kind of the health of the organization. So if you were to take those dollars away, um, there would still be costs that those costs or those revenue dollars are covering. Um, What we try and look at is there, you know, big buckets of revenue coming in that if you were to take them away, a whole bunch of costs would go away and you would be almost at the same point financially, but things would be a lot more simpler or maybe you'd have a lot more capacity to, sell more of the higher profit items. Um, So that would be the only time where we'd look at, you know, if you've got something that's got a bulk of revenue um, that maybe you're putting too much focus on it is if it's not really adding much and just adding complexity. Um, But a lot of times you can have that big dollar revenue and lower margins, but you know, that's still really good for the business because if you take it away, you still have a lot of other costs that will remain and you'll be in a Not not very nice uh, financial position if it took away all that revenue.
2: I can think of two examples in my um, experience. One, uh, when um, Saturn went out of business, we felt like there's a bunch of cars out there that we could work on. And we ran a bunch of very Saturn-specific advertising and brought in a bunch of Saturns. And uh, we brought in revenue, but it wasn't profitable revenue because the average operators were 320, 360, and our, our normal average of was closer to 800 bucks. And so we filled the shop with cars, but we didn't fill the shop with money. That, that's yeah. one example. And so we got rid of Saturn and we, we, in, we took that same money and put it into Jeeps, Cadillacs, and um, Land Rovers because those were our best tickets and our best clients. And that changed the uh, the game. That brought in not only cars, but it brought in dollars also, profit dollars. And then the the second example is the Yellow Pages. In the early 2000s, the Yellow Pages had literally ceased to bring in a a return on investment, but it was still bringing in 5 to 7% of the client base. And there was still profit there. And I didn't want to dump 5 to 7% of the profit base. So I made some minor adjustments in our yellow pages to reduce the cost, but but to have more impact. And we were able to increase ROI on it for another year and a half, two years. And then pretty much it was like, take your money away from there because it right. wasn't doing anything yeah. for you. Yeah. Um, now, um, Lex, as we see changes in the how the internet works and how social media works, um, let's talk website for, for a moment. Because you know we used to put so much emphasis on website and content and relevance is that does that matter today with the way google plays the game
3: yes so i'm gonna say it does still matter i know the biggest thing is that now you see a lot of with local searches google is trying to show that information above like with their google maps and everything so you just click on that and you don't actually you just get the information there and don't go to the website however when google decides who to show it's looking at your website so you still need to make sure you have good content you still need to make sure your website is navigate it's easy you know easy navigation your if a person wants to go to it you can find everything and I think it's another thing too, that your website is the thing you own. So you're able to keep keep track of that because things like Facebook even just is going through an update right now. I don't know if you've seen starting to look more like Instagram, all these changes, you don't control that, but your website, you do control and you get to control the content you put out, the reviews, everything like that. So I do think it is still important.
2: Um, I, it, it's my understanding that the way that Google is, is working is they're trying to stop people from going to your webpage and keep them in a place where they can control the advertising. And, and that's smart on, the, on their part, but the material that they're getting to put on that page, the local search comes directly from your site. And the more, um, the more official you are or the more uh, legitimate you are as a business, the more likely you're going to show up on local search. Chris, what what makes me legitimate in Google's eyes?
1: In Google's eyes? Well, um, first is consistency. So if you've got inconsistency on your website and other places where it mentions your company, that's going to say to Google, hey, there's some sort of flag here. This doesn't make sense. So if you've got one address on your website and there's a different address on a different profile and a different address on another one, you know, that's going to cause Google to say, wait a second, something's not right here. Is this business legitimate? Is it still in business? I'm getting conflicting phone numbers or uh, mailing addresses. Uh, And then the other big part of it is um, topic authority. So what topic authority is, is basically how much um, expertise your website has on a particular topic and how you build that expertise is by having content and high quality in depth content on that particular topic. And then third, in terms of, you know, what we're talking about really here is uh, local map pack listings. Uh, a big part of it is the number of reviews and the quality of reviews that still has a big impact as well. So I think those are the three biggest factors. There's definitely others, but those are the lion's share of uh, what has the impact.
2: So how do I become um, authority? I mean, I'm the I'm the world's most known authority on how to run an automotive shop correctly. I know more than anybody else. I've been doing it for forty years. I I read two hundred and fifty books a year, uh, half of which are business books. I work with clients. I I, I teach classes. I create blah blah yeah. blah. How do you be, in Google's eyes? How do you become the authority?
1: So in Google's eyes, if you can display that you have that content by answering questions that people would have related to that content on your site. Um, That's how Google is gonna say you're the authority. So if your website can do a better job of answering people's questions about running an automotive shop than any other website on the internet, because it's got more information on the topic, better information on the topic, then Google will say you are the authority. Um, Again, Google at this point everything it's looking at is basically, uh, for the most part, what text is on the site. Now, where they're getting into images and video and audio, but still largely it's text. And so, you know, what is in the text on your site that shows that you are the leading expert in terms of that knowledge?
2: So, <coughs> excuse me, my understanding is, um I've got a land rover out there. We're gonna do i don't know whatever a timing belt on it or whatever they got it's maybe it's a gear on that one let's let's say it's a heater core that they all have heater cores so so um if I take pictures of that job as I'm doing it, if I uh describe the fact that we're doing a heater core on a land rover uh and and I use that in my um article. Uh, that I'm going to create, an FAQ or a, what's the other thing called, Alex, uh, where you, you know, it's a short, um, like an article that we would put out. What are they, what it's are they like called?
3: A, a blog article or?
2: Well, a blog, blog would be one. Like a um, case study or? Case studies would be another. So all of those kinds of things, if I'm specific to the vehicle, the job, etc., Google is going to pick up on that. And it's going to help me place better in the local search and uh, in in any given search.
3: Yes, yeah, but I mean, it is going to go back to consistency too. You can't just post one yeah. article and assume that it's going to no. be great and your site's now set. You have to no. consistently continue offering that content and not only the jobs you may be doing, but again, kind of going back to that SEO, thinking what are potential clients searching and what questions do they have that we could answer um, that show our authority on that subject?
1: Yeah. So I so always Go ahead. Go ahead, Chris. I always like to look at it from Google's point of view. So if you look at what Google's trying to do, Google's trying to provide the best answer to searchers because they know if they provide the best answer, better than Bing or Yahoo, people will continue to use Google over them. And that means they'll get more ad revenue. And when they're looking to send people to a website to answer a question, if they have two websites to send that person to, which one do you think they're going to put higher on the list and try and push more people to one that has one article on how to re- repair a Land Rover or one that has a thousand articles on how to pr- repair a Land Rover? Which one do you think is Google is going to say is the expert on how to prepare or how to repair a Land Rover? It's going to be the one that has more content. Assuming that content is high quality and good, it's going to be the one that has more content. Um, now it's not quite as simple, and that's the only thing they look at. But when it comes to topic authority, that's kind of a good way to understand, you know, how it works and why Google looks at it that way.
2: I, I think um, here's here's my problem: being a business owner, I don't have time for this crap. Um, you know, I can't I can't write an article three times a week uh, and and keep doing what I need to be doing and. To me, this is as much as a um, a gladiator match as anything, right? This is a this is a race. This is a game. This is a, there are winners and losers here in this game, and and if you win, you get the prize. Uh, in the old days, before either one of you were born, probably we the yellow pages. We if you had the front page on the yellow pages. It cost you five or six thousand dollars a month, sometimes ten in certain areas. Yeah, but you got the bulk of the calls. Yeah. I mean, period. Just because that's the place that you were. The first time someone opened it up, you were the guy. Um, and nowadays it's become so much more um intricate and complicated. And as as business owners, the average shop owner, I always tell my my shop owners, you're not qualified to do this. You're just not. It's too. Important for your business, and there's too much involved here. Um, let's talk let's talk website a, a little more. Lex has some questions for me, so she helps me so I don't get too lost and And marketing is probably the most difficult thing that I have to deal with uh, as far as running shops because you know the management portions, they're the same. You know, good management principles have not changed in the past twenty five years. But marketing has changed a million times in the past twenty-five years, and it's changed a hundred thousand times in the past five years, and it's changed a thousand <laughs> times in the past year. You know, it just um, it just keeps changing and mo- you know and and modulating and moving. Um, so so Lex, um, we recently made uh, some major changes to our site, and we used a company called Story Branding. What do you think? why do you think that was important or why do you think did that matter or you know whatever
3: so for us specifically the issue we were dealing with especially with our website is we were a little all over the place we needed a simpler um brand line basically something to focus on and to make people understand what we're offering in the terms of better education for auto repairs auto shops the automotive industry and uh general um and then with that it's also helped there is one thing We have also minimized our text, which we are now working on regrowing because we've decided we needed better optimized and just better in-depth text. So we're working on that. Um, So that's something, again, going back to kind of like blog articles and things like that, you do still need all of that content there. Um, But it, it has been helpful in seeing that we do have a better message now. It's easier to navigate. We have specifically put our call to actions where we need them so for us you know that's that's about getting shops to contact us about our programs and education for an auto repair shop that's going to be something like scheduling you definitely want to have that call to action yeah and not even calling that's a, some yes calling but even if you can have an auto schedule or, or putting their information and in, you contact them back whether text or email things like that because not everyone wants to call these days um, but I think it's helped uh, any auto repair shop can help just looking over their website, making their call, making sure their message is clear. They have a call to action and it's answering the questions their potential clients will have.
2: Yeah, so, so I great, think that brings, go a, ahead, Chris. You a great one.
1: call to action for an auto shop is actually just to have them book an appointment. So you can use different mm-hmm. tools to have it auto book an appointment. Um, and then you've got it booked in and they, uh, the person can do it really quickly. You don't even have to talk to someone. They can just go on the site, do it. And boom, you've got your appointment booked with your customer.
2: And I think as we as we as we change, and we we have to because everything else is changing. But certainly the pandemic has made changes that that people don't necessarily want a phone call anymore. They don't even want to talk to somebody. Can I can I get online and get it scheduled? Um, it's funny. I I went to two different stores this week to look for something that I would normally buy. I'm I, I'm weird about things, certain things like deodorant. I have a very specific deodorant that that's what I want to use. I've been using it for 20 years. It works for me, you know, Um, and neither one of the stores had it. And I thought to myself, why in the hell am I driving around going to stores when I can go right online and I know I can get, can order it. And so I went, I I went back to the office. I ordered eight of them and uh, they'll be here tomorrow. Um, You know, and they'll go on my shelf in my bathroom. And then for the next, I don't know, year or whatever, that's, I won't have to order more. But I think people now, they don't want to have that. They don't want to run around. They don't want to have you know, a 15-minute phone call. They would much rather, look, what, what are you going to do? How can we do this and, and get me in and get me scheduled? Um, Chris, do you, do you think that, that, that we're, we're going in that direction and that we need to make those adjustments um, to our sites?
1: Yeah, we're seeing that for sure. And I think this is what Lex is kind of alluding to is that having a clear message that's easy and quick to understand is so important because the way people are buying is changing where you know before we might have a little bit more time to get our message across. Whereas now in under 2.7 seconds, when someone comes to your website, they're gonna determine whether that's what they're looking for and they're interested in reading more or they're gone. And so you need something that communicates extremely fast uh, and resonates with the customer. And I definitely think that there's always going to be room for personal interactions. I don't think that computers and technology will ever fully remove uh, personal interaction because that adds huge value. But in what parts of the buying process does it make sense to have that human interaction and which does it not? And I think what we're seeing is there's a lot of parts in the process where we can kind of cut that piece out and speed up the process and get people what they want faster.
2: I'm uh, I'm actually, I, I, I didn't remember to turn off my phone before we started this. So that wasn't me, but mine's off now. Um, right. I, I always always try to remember to turn my phone off because darn it, that's when I'll get 12 um, non-important calls during the <laughs> Um, the the Selects, um, the story branding stuff that we did I think was of real value because it helped us um, get a clearer message uh, in a faster time and I think it would be a value to shops to create um, a, a clearer message assuming that they've they've done some research into what does the client want to hear the person that I want to bring in. Uh, the kind of client that I want to work on, the cars, the people that drive these cars that that are willing to take care of their car, you know, what messaging do they want to hear? And then make sure that that messaging is in play. Um, I think
3: that's an important part, too, because I do think, especially when you see shop owners who are trying to do all the marketing themselves, a lot of the times they just think about what they themselves would look for. But you have to make sure you're understanding the client, you're, the client you were looking at, what they are searching for, what they want to see, not what you want to see.
2: So. I think you have to be really careful. Um, I know a lot of shop owners and and there's a there's a lot of people in our industry that are, uh, you know, they're they're very nervous about how we price ourselves and the costs. And and if if that bleeds over onto our site, I think we're going to attract a, a type of client that we don't really want to attract um, within our business. I think it can be detrimental to us. Um, so, um so messaging, uh, marketing tactics, um, you know, we're, we're talking about more content. We're still talking about content. I mean, 10 years later, we're still talking about current relevant content, um, and more of it and more consistent contact content. I, I can't do that even, even as prolific a writer as I am for our industry, um, I would have a difficult time staying on task um, to create all these FAQs and and other things, uh, uh, stories that need to be there. Um, how, you know, I guess it's hire somebody. But then, how do you know that that person or that company is going to do the job for you? There's so many people out there professing to be marketing experts, right? Um, uh, Chris, what, what are your thoughts there?
1: Yeah, so I think at the end of the day, it always has to come down to results. So looking at um, what kind of results are being generated from the strategy that's being implemented. So uh, and forth, first and foremost, you know, revenue. So how much is that impacting your revenue growth? Um, what was the revenue growth prior to when you're doing it? What is it now um, in terms of uh, where your revenue is coming from? if you're doing a content creation strategy and, uh, you know, utilizing that on uh, your website and maybe Facebook or wherever you're going to push the content, you know, how many leads uh, are coming in from those platforms and are you tracking where the leads are coming from?
2: But every, every marketing company, um, <laughs> the majority, I hate saying every, cause it's not, it, it never, it, it it's never a good statement, but, a large majority of the marketing companies out there are telling me it takes months to see results. And, 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 and some of them are telling me one thing and some of them are telling me something else. And a lot of them as a tactic they use looking at your site and you can always find some flaws in the site. Like, um, you know, uh, the teddy bear search engine doesn't see you, right? Because, you know, how many different search engines are there? And, uh, you know, I've got these guys that go online and they say, well, we looked at your site and it's missing a bunch of things. And when you look at the package of what it's really missing, it's missing stuff that doesn't matter because it doesn't play in the marketplace. So how do I make a judgment being, you know, you you guys are going to ask me to spend money, that money that's dear to me. And frankly, um, you're going to ask me to spend a a, a pretty good amount of money to do my marketing. How, How can I judge you know is this guy giving me crap or is this is this legitimate stuff
1: yeah so i think there's i I, three things initially come to mind so one is um you know taking a look at what kind of references can they give you in terms of what kind of results they've been able to deliver in the past um second would be take a look at their own marketing and the own their own success in terms of what they've been able to generate so uh, you know, how much traffic are they getting to their, their website? Um, you know, what does their marketing look like? Does it impress you? Um, and then third would be, um, you know, kind of educate yourself just a little bit on, um, you know, what, what marketing is about and, you know, ask them some testing questions and see how they respond so that you can know that they know their stuff. But um Yeah. That would be the, the three areas I would go to.
0: There's a ton of different advisor training options in the industry, making the choice that much harder to make. Some shove too much into too little of a time frame, they can be inconvenient and costly, or they're just filled with unhelpful, non-applicable information. So how are you supposed to create confident and capable service advisors? The Advisor Mastery Program from the Institute is the industry's leading service advisor training, now almost entirely online. With one-on-one coaching, KPI tracking, live community trainings, a resource library, and more, there's no wonder why advisors who finished the program have seen their efforts rewarded with more confidence, higher arrows, and better sales. If you're ready to stop settling for mediocre and start ruling the counter, join the Advisor Mastery Program today. Head to iFrame.com and register now. We'll see you in class.
2: Okay. Um, I have to make a comment here. Um, I have to explain uh, for our American uh, viewers that Chris is Canadian. That's why he says some words a little strange. <laughs> I have to give you. A little I think hard they time. sound
3: great. I wish if, we all said them like that. If, so. <laughs> if I don't,
2: if I don't do that, some of my other clients will get on me because they're Canadian and I give them crap all the time. Yeah.
1: Um, uh, well, I'm curious though. What word is it? What what uh, what what words stand out about?
2: Um, about. Yeah. We say about, and you guys use more of we a you. Uh, mm-hmm. We say process. You say process. Yeah. Um it, There's there's just like three or four words you can pick it up. Yeah. Um and so I have to give you some crap about that. Otherwise I, I couldn't I couldn't feel good about myself today yeah. for the rest of the day. So um Lex, can you can you expand a, a little on on that? On on how do I figure out is this person or this company worth my time and effort?
3: Yeah, so I think what Chris said is great, especially, you know, reviews, um if they especially if they've worked with someone you know, talking to that person. Um, And then also their own marketing tactics. If you go to the website, is it something that you're like, oh yeah, this, this website looks great. I can see they're actually doing some great marketing. Um, You'd want, you'd want your site to like, look like that or see some of that in your own marketing. Um, And then the, where he was talking about, you know, maybe doing some education yourself and asking them questions. That's one of my biggest things, even if you decide to work with somebody, especially like that first month, when you start seeing, when they start showing your reports and everything, ask them to explain it. And if they are not able to explain some of those numbers that shows that they are not understanding at all, and probably not the best person. So that's just been one of my things in um, working with past people, they seem great, their marketing seems great. But then when it goes down to the things they should be able to explain and understand, they don't. And that shows that they're not going to be able to help you get what you need.
2: So if I don't understand them myself, though, how do I know that they're not explaining them in a I mean, you're a you're our marketing expert here at the Institute. Mm-hmm. You've done mirac- miracles with our with our, with our our SEO and our, our social
3: media. I think some our- of it is you do need to, do even, again, owners, they have so much going on. They're, they are very busy. But if you are looking at doing that marketing, I do think just doing a simple kind of search of things, some of the things you're maybe looking to improve just to see what's out there. Um, and then it kind of will, once you decide to go with someone, it is just kind of seeing how it goes that first month. It's kind of that trial trial and error, um, seeing what they, what they show you and if you're comfortable working with them from that. So, so,
2: so I know you're doing a class on, uh, uh Facebook, Facebook one-on-one setting your company up for the
3: mm-hmm. best
2: success on Facebook. Um, and that's, when is that class?
3: Uh, September 10th. So about and a week or two away.
2: Two is weeks. that one of our, is that one of our free classes or is that a class going to have an experience? Uh, that
3: is a paid class, but it is on our gear membership.
2: So. Okay, so if you're a gear member, you get it at no charge, uh, and and all other upcoming and past classes. Um, but that's and, something uh, where you
3: could do a little research yourself because that will show what we'll be talking about is setting Facebook up at the very beginning, as well as just looking at your insights and what some of these numbers mean. So and
2: I think that's something that's really important. Uh, you got on here um, Google Analytics, um, uh, Facebook Insight. Um, uh, uh, Chris, you, you you talked about podcasts. Do you have some? some podcasts available that talk to people about you know how to how to understand things like Google Analytics and, and what we're actually doing. Have, have you done that?
1: Yeah, we've done a couple um episodes on stuff like that. Um so there's definitely we've we've covered a wide range um of topics for sure. Uh, but even, you know, you could start with going to our podcast, seeing what's there, but even like, if you just do a search on whatever podcast platform you use, there will be tons of great, you know, podcasts explaining whatever it is you're looking for. So that's the beauty of kind of the internet is, um, you know, if there's a topic you want to learn about quickly, uh, I guarantee somebody's created a podcast for it. So if you're sitting there, you know, today I want to learn about this just go and do a search. You know, you'll find a couple of podcasts, listen through them and um, you'd be able to get up speed pretty quickly uh, to at least have a base level understanding
2: for sure. So I'm going to, I'll make a comment as a consultant, as a coach, if I'm an owner or if I'm managing all of this, um, I don't want to, like, I don't, I don't tell Lex what to do. Um, she tells me what we need to do and then I try to help get it done. Um, but But if I'm an owner, I have to manage it. I have to have enough knowledge that I can look at, am I getting good content back? Am I getting bad content? What are the results? I have to spend some time. And and my suggestion for every owner, time scheduling is one of the more important things about your position and actually scheduling time for things that are important and, and looking at podcasts understanding the basics of marketing so that you can make good decisions about who you hire, who you keep, or whether you change, um, I, I think is really important. And then, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to throw another comment out there, Chris, and it's, it's, it's probably mostly focused at you. Um, one thing about the internet is there's so much information out there. I mean, there just is. And, and there's so much free information out there. Uh, another thing about the inform on the bad side about the internet is there's so much information out there and so yeah. much crap <laughs> yeah. how, how do I know that what i'm watching what i'm studying what i'm what i'm learning is is good information and it's not you know crap
1: yeah um I mean I think probably if I was to think about how i how I approach podcasting and listening listening to other podcasts for my own learning, I think probably I would look at how many people are actually listening to this podcast. If it's a very well-followed podcast, the chances of the content being poor are probably pretty low. So that's usually my starting point of, okay, does it look like, you know, this is being listened to a lot. I'd also look at just in terms of the professionalism of how it's set up. So, uh, you know, is it set up nice in terms of having a nice uh Uh, profile picture and you know the uh, headlines and topic uh, seem interesting you can usually tell by looking at a podcast one that you know a lot of time and effort has been put into or it's just kind of being shoved out the door Um, and then the other thing too is a lot of times find out from podcasts of you know talking to other people and they've said you know I've been listening to this podcast and it's been really good for this or whatever and so a lot of times it's you know Either a asking someone else who's kind of like-minded to you and say, Hey, I'm trying to find information on this or learn about this. Have you heard of any good podcasts? Or a lot of times it's I'm not even searching for it, and someone will say, I'm gonna listen to this yes, podcast, it's been great.
2: That's the books I read um today are either, you know, I read the other the author before, and I like what they had to say, and I want to see what the next topic is and, and what they're doing. <laughs> or very often somebody says, Oh, I just read this great book, Cecil, you need to read this book. You need to, here's a book that would be good for you. Yeah. Um, I have three titles that I ordered this week, uh, based on a conversation that Carm, uh Capriato and myself had uh, on on our one of our podcasts we're gonna uh, put out. There's an a one on one with Carm, uh that was I, I thought was really great, and Carm's amazing. But there were several books that he mentioned uh, in our conversation. Uh, and I'm always writing those things down. If somebody says, hey, there's this great podcast, I'm going to at least give it five to 10 minutes. You know, is this something that's going to be good for me to to listen to? And so I, I think as we as an industry, and I think this is probably true of all businesses, not necessarily just the automotive, but things like um, 20s groups, um, a good Facebook group to be involved with of like-minded owners, um, uh, you know those are the kind of things that are going to help me to determine what the companies I should be using. Uh, get some feedback and also maybe some podcasts and things that I I could be watching. Um, let's let's shift uh, back hopefully to uh, website marketing uh, tactics. Uh, Lex, you have these uh, questions around Google Analytics analytics and and then social media marketing um facebook pixeling messenger Um, why why do i have these questions here How, how does that combine with your website to make you more powerful or more effective out in the marketplace
3: so obviously your website is the building block but then you need to use these other programs and marketing techniques to be seen by other people and track what you're doing so google analytics and search console those are just two google analytics is one that will show you where people are coming in, what brought them in, how long they're staying on a page, where they're clicking. It just gives you all this information that you need to know to see what is attracting people and what, may be, what people may, may be not liking and jumping right back off of, things like that. And then your search console is heavily connected to your SEO. So what are people searching? Are you showing up for that? that kind of thing. Um, And then that even goes into social media marketing now, especially like Facebook marketing, where you have the pixel that you can put on your website. So then you can track all of your Facebook ads and everything like that. So it's just the the next step of making sure that, yes, your website is great. Now we wanna share it and see what people are liking and what people aren't.
2: And and so this is three-dimensional chess. This is not checkers anymore, Mm -hmm. uh, frankly. Uh, I I got a smile from Chris, so that was a good comment. At least I think so. And and if I'm still playing checkers, and I'm not paying th- playing playing three dimensional chess, I'm not going to win this game. There's just no way to win. because uh, your comments about that—the complexity of it—or how do I how do I use it, you know, to direct what I'm doing or direct my marketing people to do what needs to be done?
1: Yeah. So I think that um, where it kind of comes down to is that people that are using these tools are gonna be light years ahead of people that aren't. And then that's kind of where the difference is. So it's not like you're doing anything wrong, it's just that you're missing out and the people that are using it um, are gonna be at a huge advantage to those that aren't. And thinking about, just to give a, a simple example of kind of how big of a impact this can have, um, if you think about how many people you send to your website, there's tools that show you that data in terms of how many people come. come. And there's also tools to do testing on your site to see how you can improve the number that actually turn into customers. So for an auto shop, it would be maybe the number of appointments booked from your website. And so let's say right now that you're getting 1000 people to your website and maybe you're getting uh, 1% of them to turn into appointments, so 10 appointments. Well, with some tools, you could do some testing of different layouts, different uh, wording, different imagery on your site to see if that changes your appointment rate. And maybe by doing testing on that on a regular basis, maybe you could get that from 1% to 2%, or maybe you could get it from 1% to 5%. Now all of a sudden, instead of getting 10 appointments per month from your website, now you're maybe getting 20 or 50, um, and you can see how you know, that can have a big impact.
2: I've I've had some clients that have uh, are working with some some pretty good companies, um, uh, people that we recommend, um, and uh, they've gone from like twenty appointments to ninety new clients, and that that actually didn't just make appointments but showed up at the business and spent money at the business. Um, I think this is this is really important when you were when you were originally. I was thinking, you know, it's like taking a knife to a gunfight. You know, if you're not if you're not if you're not doing some of these things or a company that you're working with is not doing these things on your behalf, you're, 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 you're unarmed and, and you're going to get run over.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's not, not that a knife's not a, a weapon or that a knife couldn't do some damage, but yeah. when it's up against other things, like a, yeah, a machine gun, you don't stand a chance.
2: You know, laser, a laser gun, which we don't right. have, <laughs> yet, but you know, the, 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 the in the imagery of weaponry, you know, the, the bigger, badder, faster, more powerful weapon is the one that's more likely going to win the game. I I, I just can't, I can't state enough for automotive shops um, uh, and, and probably everybody. This, you really have to, you have to play in this game because if you don't play, you're just not, you're going to be non-existent, you know, take down. It's like, it would be like, You know, putting kind of a 14-foot wall around your business with no signage or no nothing, people would drive by and they wouldn't even know that you're there, who you are. The the internet's almost like that. Um, so let's um we got, I don't know, 15 minutes left here. It always goes so fast. Um let's talk about um trends and tactics for you know the upcoming we should be planning now for 2021, uh and and moving ahead. So let's talk about trends and, and tactics. Um Uh, Chris, let's start with you. Uh, Trends and tactics for automotive shops. Sure. So
1: I was thinking about this and I was thinking, you know, I wish I had something really revelational for 2021. And I think what I kind of netted out was the trends that we're seeing now are just going to continue and become stronger in the next couple of years. And really, any of the big major shifts, I think, probably won't happen until maybe three to five years down the road. So I think right now, if we look at what's happening, we're seeing um, you know online has for the last number of years become more and more important. I think that's gonna continue to happen in terms of creating content um, in the importance of that to build topic authority. I think that's going to continue to strengthen um, in terms of uh, you know needing different avenues to drive traffic to your website. I think that's gonna continue. Um, But when I think of, you know, major shifts, you know, I think that a lot of this stuff is a little bit farther out where, uh, you know, more voice uh, type uh, content coming up in search. Uh, You know, I I think that's starting to happen. but I don't think we're really going to see it have a huge impact until, you know, a couple of years down the road, Uh, virtual reality and augmented reality. Uh, interacting with websites. I think you know that's gonna be another major shift. But again, I don't think that's any time on the short, short term. I think those are all things longer term.
0: Stop wasting your time trying to find a magic bullet. There isn't one. However, our Keys to Automotive Business Success teaches the foundations of a successful automotive shop and gets you started on the right path, which is pretty close. You'll learn how to set actionable and achievable goals, understand your financial model, and how to communicate more effectively with your team. This course was designed to jumpstart your results, not waste your time. Take the class today, and you'll learn how to start creating the business and life you want. Visit ifrave.com to register for the class at only $49 and available to take. Wherever and whenever you'd like. It's what every shop owner needs to kickstart their business into success.
2: I, I've had the the past 25 years to really see the shifts and the major changes. And I can tell you that probably 15 years ago, <clears throat> people were talking about SEO, and I was like, Yeah, 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 that's like that's gonna happen. I remember um when uh, carburetors went away and fuel injection came into the industry, my dad was like, we're not working on that crap. It's never going to take hold. There are always going to be points and condensers and carburetors. And now, you know, those things are things of the past. Um, it, a virtual reality, when you said that, it, it, it like blows my mind because right now I'm thinking, well, who cares? Because it's not perfected. It's not. But I think there could be a point where someone, you know, puts the glasses on and they're at your shop you know, and interacting with you in a, in a different way.
1: Yeah. Uh, and know, I think that's, that's coming, but it's just not, it's not in the next couple of years, but yeah, maybe that's
2: five years away. It could be seven. seven you know, yeah. But yeah. I, I think right now, the, the social media aspect, the Facebook, the, the building, the community, and then the local search aspect, uh, uh, the, the topic authority aspect is kind of the places where I need to focus. Um, I want to go back to this idea, Lex, about determining the kind of client I, I want to work with and then and then maybe A, B testing or, you know, creating a, uh, a reality where that person feels more comfortable and more likely to make an appointment. How do I. Is that important? Uh, and then how do I go about that?
3: Yeah, I think that is important. And I also just want to throw in a comment on kind of that last where we're not going to see any big major shifts. Um, This is actually a really good opportunity for the automotive industry because we've seen that a lot of us are still behind. Like you said, a lot of automotive shops still don't have websites, still don't do social media. This is the time. This is the, the next, you know, starting now, the next year. This is where you should really get your website and your social media and everything going because we are going to see those bigger changes in five years and you need to make sure you're ready for that. Otherwise you're going to be completely blown out of the water. So just on that, um, but deciding what customers you want. And I think that's a really important issue, um, especially, and that kind of does go with your, it does go with your marketing strategy and kind of looking at the customers you are bringing in right now, what they are spending money on. um, And again, looking, is it just revenue or are you actually seeing profit from it? And then deciding what, if there is something that is more profitable that you're not bringing in, what kind of people are purchasing those services and what, how do we target them? Um, so I think it's something to use what you already know and then kind of what you want to see and combine those two together.
2: And, and I would kind of hope that, um, you know, that someone like Chris and some of the other people that we recommend would, would be able to help us in, in that direction. Um, uh, I really look at my marketing experts as people that can go, look, you know, if you want these type of customers, these are things that are attracting these type of customers. They already know that. Chris, are you doing kind of that kind of ongoing research now?
1: Yeah, we do. We do that. And oftentimes we'll do that specifically for the customer because every business they're targeting slightly different, usually slightly differently, usually, so What we like to do is get a really clear picture of who is the target that we're going after, and then do some research about you know, how do we connect with those people, how do we target them, what kind of things resonate best with them, uh, what's most important to them, and then you get specific information to that exact customer base as opposed to general information. Whereas if you can get specific information about exactly who you're targeting, that's going to be much more powerful. You can definitely take some data and say, okay, you know, these are some common things, but the more specific the information, definitely the better.
2: And and Lex, you talked about pixeling. Um, let's talk a little, just a little, expand on that a little bit. I know it's, for yeah. us. it's been important, but is it important mm-hmm. for a shop?
3: Definitely. And a lot of it a lot of people when you see when they first get into like social media they start doing Facebook ads and everything but they don't set up their pixel on their website so that means yeah it's great you can see who clicked on it and everything but you don't know what happened once they got there so once you have this pixel set up what it does it'll actually when people come over from social from Facebook um, it's similar to Google Analytics it's just definitely related to Facebook um, it'll actually track okay where you know did they make a purchase you can track specific events so if you want to see who clicked on a lead who clicked on Um, maybe a certain article, you can set all of that up. You can set different actions up and track those. Um, but that's again, going to show what, so then you can see not only what ads people are clicking on, but then if they're actually coming to your website, what percentage of them are doing the action you want to and tweak it to get a bigger percentage of that.
2: So if I'm going to become the topic authority and I'm going to create, uh, materials or someone on my behalf is going to create materials for my site pixeling will help me determine what's really attracting people's attention and getting them to act as opposed to just more stuff on the site.
3: Yeah. So the pixels will relate that to the Facebook ads, to the Facebook marketing. And then Google analytics does have its own, it's more, it's called the Google tag and you can use like tag manager and things like that to watch specific. That's when you get a little bit more in depth, but this is where you, you can't just have your website. You do need to have these tools and everything set up. So then you can see where they're actually spending time, what they're doing on those pages. And just like an example, if you see someone's coming over to your About Us page and then spending two minutes on it, maybe you, you put, if you don't already have a call to action, maybe then that's a good spot where you'd put a call to action or even a lead capture because they're spending time. So let's get some information from them and turn them into an action. So
2: book your lead. appointment now or or um, mm-hmm. you know send us a question. We can talk to you mm-hmm. and answer your question, whatever it is. Um, exactly. So what, what this screams at me, you know, it's funny during this particular podcast, I've had like four or five kind of real big epiphanies, just, just boom, it's just screaming at me. It it really screams at me that the importance of this is so major for my business. I really need to find somebody or a group of somebodies that I can work with that will help me be successful here. Otherwise, the the opposite of that is I'm just not going to have the car count I need in the future or the right clients to really be the profitable the way I want to be. I think that right now is such an amazing time. There's so much opportunity yeah. for the shops that get it and do it right. Um, but if you're sitting back and you're saying, "Oh, I can't do this," or "I'm not going to do this," you, I think close your doors now, sell it for what it's worth, walk away. Because in two years or three years, it's not going to be worth anything. That's how fast this is moving and changing, uh, in my opinion. Now we're, we're at the we're at the last and. We didn't get to some of the ROI tracking and some of the other stuff, but um, I'm going to ask you guys for your best piece of uh, advice for shop owners. Uh, You got a couple of minutes to spit that one out. And uh, Lex, I'm going to I'm going to start with you. What's your best piece of advice?
3: Um, Kind of what we did. Check out, or what we didn't really touch on, but making sure you're tracking everything that does go up with Google Analytics and pixels. Um, but even when people are coming into your shop and doing services, asking the simple question of "Hey, how did you hear about us?" so that you can track that for further. Um, and just again, putting your strategy together earlier rather than later. Um, just example: if you haven't already doing back to school, pro- doing back to school marketing, it's uh, we're estimating a really bad winter, so it's a good idea to start pushing, you know, pushing some ads out on that, things like that. And then again, 2021, we're going to see a lot of the same online trends. So getting your shop website set up and your social media on point. That was a I lot think- of, that was not just one piece of advice. Sorry. No, okay. <laughs>
2: Great. Um, uh, I drove by the, the high school in the, in the, junior high, they started school today. There was a mile long line outside. I guess they're checking everybody's temperatures. They come in. And I think that has, has an effect on business. And I think if you're prepared and you were ready for that, that It had less of an effect on your business, more of a positive effect. Um, All right, Chris, uh, we're going to give you a a couple minutes here, a couple, three minutes. Um, What's your best piece of advice for uh, these people?
1: I think my best piece of advice is to set a certain percentage of revenue that you think you can afford um, to this. Six to nine percent. Exactly. So most businesses of under 50 million would be in that range. And typically what we've seen is uh, it's 10% is the average. And usually though firms that spend between five and seven uh, can do very well and you don't need to spend more than usually 7%. Um, So uh, yeah, having a set percentage of revenue that is put towards this to make sure that, you know, as things are changing, you're taking advantage of the opportunities and able to grow your business. And then, in line with that, setting a percentage of your time to also work on it. So it's not just dollars, but you need to have time to, uh, you know, work at it, monitor results, um, think about it, because it's going to be it's going to be critical. Um, really, it's 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 a major component of driving revenue. And if you're not driving revenue, your business will eventually not exist. So
2: one of our one of our most successful clients, in my opinion, over the years, uh, spends um, uh, about eight or 9% on marketing every year. That's based on what we asked him to do four years ago when he started with us. Uh, he brings in about 120 new customers every month uh, and has an average repair order just a bit over $800 in their general repair in, in their shop. Um happens to be here in Utah. Um, he meets with his marketing people every week, spends about an hour with them. Uh, he has an internal marketing person, which I don't know that I suggest that, but um, he does. And he also has two outside companies that he works with. And he works with all three of those people and meets with them at least an hour every week. Uh, you know, What are we doing? What's the new thing? What are our results? How do we make this better? Um, And I think you have to do that if you're going to own a a successful business, whether it's an automotive shop or a pizza parlor in the future. I just, I I really think this has become so important that we need to be screaming it from the, you know, the, the, at the top of our lungs, um, you know, do this, uh, be on top of this, because if you don't, you will become irrelevant and disappear. Um, and, and what amazes me is there's still shops that don't even have websites. I, I can't even fathom that. And there are some people that are successful because what they're doing where they're at is such a unique thing that they're able to stay successful. But I don't know how long that's going to last as the world changes around them. You know, uh, my dad was a great um, technician. He knew how to fix uh, any Ford out there. But if you brought him uh, uh, today in in front of an electronic car, he he wouldn't know what to do. He would ha- he would struggle with that. And I'm I'm that guy too. Um, all right, um, all right, Chris. Uh, uh, we are going to have a link to your business on our website. I've I've been told so um, uh, you can look up Chris and some of his podcasts. Uh, uh, I want to thank you uh, so much for Chris uh, information, Chris. I think it was. I think it was very um, very relevant, uh, and I think that people can can get something and 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 use it in in their in their business. And Chris's Profit Works, you're um, you're outside. You're about fifty miles outside of Ontario, you said, or hundred? Uh, uh, just
1: out of Toronto. It's still in Ontario. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. about hundred. Uh, well, yeah, uh, just under hundred miles. Uh, yeah, west of Toronto.
2: You know how we Americans are with Canadian geography. Yeah. Uh, I know Toronto is <laughs> above New York. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. There, that's about it. Yeah, um, uh, uh, Lex, um, uh, thank you for your time as always. Um, we have a class coming up with Lex. Uh, uh, it is how to set your business up on Facebook. And then uh, you're also going to be talking about how to look at the reports and, and do the yeah, Facebook,
3: one oh one, how to set it up insights, how to do marketing on it, create your audiences ads, kind of just a and, general and can, foundation.
2: And they can get signed up on that. If they go to our website, the Institute, mm-hmm. at Uh yes. They can see that and get signed up for that class. And then if you are a gear membership gear is our, um, everything, it's our repository. It's our, our learning management system, uh, uh, you you not only get access to all of the materials and classes uh, that we currently have, but you'll get access to all of those. It's uh, hundred twenty nine bucks a month. it's It's really frankly, I think it's too cheap um, uh, basically. Where else
3: could you get training for that much? Multiple classes
2: it's yeah. crazy. So um, uh, uh, again, Chris, thank you, Lex, thank you for, for those of you that, that that watched you can get Chris. what's your uh, how do they get to you, Chris?
1: Yep. Um, So you can go to propworks.ca backslash podcast to listen to our podcast. Or if you want to just go to our website, it's just propworks.ca.
2: Wonderful. Wonderful. All right, guys. uh, Thank you very much. I think this was a good one. And uh, another one in the books. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks. Bye,
0: guys. Bye, y'all. That's it for this one. This episode was brought to you by gearedforshops.com and The Institute. To find more episodes or for more information about the services we provide, visit iforave.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you in the next one.